in a new series of lessons. Of course, you know, renew in 2022. And uh, today, we start a new series for the month of May, Renewing Your Faith. Say it with me, Renewing Our Faith. Last month was Renewing Our Prayer Life. Prayer and faith goes hand in hand. So we understood the importance of prayer. Now we're moving into faith. Today I want to talk about faith, the foundation of our relationship with God. Say it with me. Faith, faith. is the foundation, the foundation. of my relationship, my relationship with my God. I wanted you to make it personal. I want you to come away with me to Hebrews. Not Hebrews, but Hebrews. Say so he take he making all the coffee. All right. Hebrews, the eleventh chapter. And I know that's familiar, very familiar for a lot of us. Because if you've been in church, you've been taught this eleventh chapter of Hebrews. And I feel unusually good today. I guess you already have gathered that. And uh, that's Hebrews 11 chapter. I'm going to be reading out of the NLT version. NLT. And uh, I want to make a disclaimer. I'm not responsible for what's about to happen in here. Uh, Hebrews 11 chapter, verse 1 says, and, and I like the way it starts out. What is faith? It is the confidence, assurance that we hope for is going to happen. Are y'all watching? Y'all, if, you, if you don't have it, just look up at the screen. You have the NLT because I want you to look and see this. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. God gave his approval to people in days of old because of their faith. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. I want to start out by giving you this nugget of a thought. Faith is not a feeling or emotion. I want that to soak in. For you those that love to learn. In the Bible scholars and quizzers and what have you. Faith is the foundation of our relationship with God. Amen. Really faith that, that is a belief that does not rest on logic, proof, or material evidence. I like that. You need to highlight that one. It don't rest on logical proof or material evidence. So if you're trying to get something that's tangible that will help increase your faith, you, you, really, you're wasting your time. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens, and that word there, uh, heavens, or really the earth, uh, the word shamine, means to stretch out space 
That's the Hebrew word. means to stretch out space. And the earth, which is uh, erets, the, the Hebrew word, dirt or matter. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Space, matter, and energy. The three creative components of all physical reality were accounted for in the first three verses of Genesis. Colossians, the first chapter I'm building. Verse 16 says, but for by him all things were created. By who? By him. Who him? God was created that are in the heaven and that are on the earth. Watch this. Visible and invisible. So God created the visible thing and the invisible things. That that you do not see. Are you following me? So whether thrones or dominions or principalities or power, God created it all. All things were created through him and for him. So get it in your mind. You didn't come here on your own. Now I know you think they did, but they were just conduits, but your mom and your daddy didn't make you. They were used by God for you to come through them. But God formed you before you entered into your mother's womb. He thought about you before you ever thought about anything. Before you could think a thought, he thought about you. He knew you were going to be here before you knew you were going to be here. And nothing could stop you from being here because God had already made a way for you to be here. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. Somebody say consist. Consist means held together. All things are held together. God held you together. You made the trip. All those obstacles, all those things that came against you to make it here, God held you together. And can I let y'all in on something? He's holding you together right now. With all that you've been facing in this world, you could have came unglued. You could have lost your mind. You could have man threw in the towel. You could have turned around and went the other direction. But it's God that's holding you together. Make no mistake about it. Let's don't get it twisted. God is holding us together. Look down your eyes and say, God is holding me together. Man, I'd have, I'd have fell. I would have fallen apart by now. All that you've been facing, the enemy throwing stuff at your mind, at your spirit, at your heart, you would have lost it all. But God is consistent. Hallelujah. 
Everything coming your way and stuff happening, surprising you and, you know, deaths in the families and all that kind of stuff. People getting sick. You couldn't see that virus. It was invisible and everything else. Don't you know even with a virus that we cannot see, God held us together? Man, you lost your loved one, lost my mama. Man, man, listen, that's enough to make you just, man, what you talking about? But God held you together. Huh? Some old scam took some of your money and everything else. You thought it was real and it wasn't real. Hey, God kept you. He held you together. Got in a car accident. <laughs> Woo! Enemy tried to take you out. But God, he, listen, he's consistent. He'll hold things together. Are you listening to me? So faith is understanding that God did everything described in his word and will do everything described in his word. So God is doing this thing. See, listen, you can take the worration out of it. It's God that's holding this thing together. God said, I'm in everything. Everything was done for me. So all you got to do is obey and trust him and everything will work out fine for you. We make ourselves work too hard. But I say if you just trust me and let me handle it, I got it. I got this. And he really do have it. I'm going to quote something from uh, Pastor Kenneth uh, Hagen, Kenneth Hagen, y'all, y'all know him. He got a lot of books and some, a lot of good stuff that God has used it, that man of God to write. He said, I see so many Christians who are struggling to believe and struggling to have faith. Their focus is all wrong. They're focusing on their ability or inability to believe God or trying to have faith. They should simply start acting like God's word is true. Did y'all hear that? It will make all the difference in their lives. It is when we know God's word is true and act like it's true that it becomes a reality to us. Now here it is. Faith is not something we have as much as something we do. I want that to soak in. You do more faith than what you have. Because faith is an action word. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'm just going to preach to me. How about that this morning? So there are five Greek words of faith. The main faith word is pistis. In the Greek, in other words, it's used 244 times in the New Testament. It's faithful, trusting, believing. That's what it is. Faithful, trusting, believing. Amen. Faithful, trusting, believing. Are you, are you listening to me? Yes. And so the New Testament describes four facets of faith. Number one, and I know some of you all taking notes. You got already got the notes. You can download them from the app. Saving faith. Say that with me. Saving faith. This is where it all begins. It begins with believing. Amen. Say that with me. It begins with me believing. 
So the grace of faith is available to whomsoever. How do we know that? Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. Y'all see that? That's the saving faith. I'm going to read that again. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. You have nothing to do with it. God already got it. Uh-huh. It is the gift of God, not a works, lest any man should. All you got to do is receive it. You ain't got to work it. You ain't got to do nothing. You got to make it come to. No, he just received, just received what God has given. It's a free gift. And so Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. Everybody know this scripture. You will be saved. So first of all, you got to have a saving faith. Right? That's what I need in order to get reconnected to God in right standing with God. I need a saving faith. Number two, glory to God. I need action faith. Say that with me, action faith. So now what is that, Bishop? That's putting feet to our faith. Ooh, I like that. Putting feet to, feet to your faith. Right? There was a little boy who was caught in a fire at home and he could not get out of the burning house. So he climbed up out on the roof of the burning home and he began to cry for his father's help. And so the father looked up at his son from the ground and he told him, jump, jump, jump. And he said, I can't see you though, daddy. How will you catch me? Said the son. And so the father said, I can see you. Amen. And without further hesitation, the boy jumped into his father's arms. Sometimes we need to have the same type of pure faith that a child has in their parents in our heavenly father. We might not can see him, but he can see us. And when God tell you to jump, when God tell you to do something, I don't care who don't like it. When God say do it, you need to do it just like God say to do it. I don't care if you don't see your way because God said, I see you. And so faith says, I don't see it, but I'm going to jump anyway. Faith, huh, is the substance of thing hoped for, the evidence of thing not seen. I don't see, but I'm going to jump anyway, God. Why? Because you told me that you see me. Ooh, I feel like jumping out of my shoes right now. Sometimes we need to have the same type of pure faith. Just like this little boy. Galatians 5 and 6 says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision or uncircumcision availeth anything, but faith worketh through love. I like that. Faith worked through love. 1 Thessalonians 1 and 2. I was talking to a young man the other day. He said, uh, I was listening to you preach on the 8 o'clock. I said, man, you sure enough have a lot of references. I say, you know why? Because you don't want to hear my opinion. You want to hear what God has to say about it. Because <laughs> I can tell you anything you want to hear. But it ain't for me to tell you what you want to hear. It's for me to tell you what God said. First lesson one and two says, as we talk to our God, anybody talk to God from time to time? 
As we talk to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and your continual anticipation of the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then James 2 and 14 says, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? So you got to understand that what kind of faith you got to have here is you got to have action faith. And I'm so glad that we have action faith because faith without works is dead being alone. You show me your faith by what you do. Not just by what you say alone. So if you talk in it, you better be walking it. And if you walk in it, you will be talking it. So you got to walk like you talk. You listen? And then it brings us to this one here. This is where I really, you know, y'all got to pray for me. Uh, keeping faith. Somebody shout keeping faith. Now I like this because it, it has the word trust in it. it. It's a continual trust in God's promise. Ooh. Did you get that? The keeping faith is a continual trust in God. How many of you know that God keeps his promises? Anybody God has ever made a promise to? How many got some promises that are to be filled yet to be filled right now? You know he promised it to you, but you're still waiting on the promise. So he keeps his not promise, but promises. Because there are more than one. Oh, you follow me? So God keeps his promises. A continual trust. Say that with me, a continuous trust. There's a story told of three girls who are enjoying an evening of play and they started playing a game of uh, counting their money. And so the object was to see who had the most and the winner would be crowned queen for the day. And so the first little girl, she counted 13 pennies. And the second counted 14 pennies. And then the last little girl counted to count hers. She had only 14 pennies like the second one. However, she counted 15. So the other two girls, you know, they, they was, they argued, said, now with, the, with, with her over the, the count, they said, now, now count it again. And there were only 14, but the last girl insisted on having 15. So finally, uh, they asked, how can you say 15 when you only had 14? And she replied, my father promised me another pity when he comes home for, from work today. And whatever my father promised me, it's mine at the moment of the promise. See, some of y'all got more than what you are counting because God done made you a promise and whatever God promised you. You can go ahead and put it in bank. You can go ahead and count it done. I don't have to count like everybody else. I go ahead and count my promise like it's reality because whatever God say. Woo! You can take it to the bank. Are y'all hearing me? So that's, that is the reassurance, the assurance that we have. Whatever the Father has promised, he will provide whatever he says. It is a word that you can count on. Can you say amen? amen. 
2 Corinthians 10 and 15 said, nor do we claim credit for the work someone else has done. Instead, we hope that your faith will grow and that your work among you will be greatly enlarged. I'm telling you right now that you've got to have what we call keeping faith, a continual trust in what God has already told you. Can you say amen? What you got to understand here is that we operate in this. You know, the enemy is going to do his thing, but then we got to make sure and not make sure, but we got to just realize and accept that God is going to do what he said that he's going to do. Now, how do you know that God is going to bring you out when you've never been in anything? How you know God going to bring you out and heal your body if you've never been sick? How you know he's going to heal you if you've never had those pains racking your body? You got to understand that I'm going to praise God in the midst of my trial in the midst of my test because I got to have a continual trust that even though I'm racked with pain that God is going to heal my body look at y'all first lady there hey amen she glowing to get today look like the light is shining right on her right there hallelujah they don't took mines out here but the light is shining right on you there hallelujah amen looking good look at all she got a collar popped up there and looking real good and my god look at her hallelujah come, just stand up and come over over this way talk towards me hallelujah <laughs> now y'all see how she walked over here this is the sum of her life she had to, uh, yeah, about four, four, five months ago, she had to have that what we call keeping faith. She had to continually trust in God. She went to so many physicians, I, for, I forgot how many it were. She went to the emergency room, I don't know how many times, like I couldn't keep count. I mean, her blood pressure was so high, it wouldn't even register. I mean, she had headaches, she couldn't sleep three days at a time. But I'm telling you right now, you see a walking miracle because she had keeping faith. Are y'all hearing me up in here? First lady had action faith and she had keeping faith. She acted on the word of God because I saw her day in and day out praying to God and I was praying too I was laying hands on her I was that keeping faith that God you're going to heal her body I've been preaching all these years 37, 38 years and I know that you didn't bring us this far to leave us this time for you to show up in the B household because my wife needs you she needs your healing power in her life so we had a keeping faith and so what you see now and what you didn't see uh huh some months ago she don't look like what she been through just turn around there just make a 360 she don't look like what she been through she couldn't even do that from getting dizzy turn around like that hallelujah had to huh, my god get up and i couldn't even sleep in the bed had to sit up in a chair y'all hear me what i'm talking about she had that keeping face she sit up in the chair and pray all night and my god i'm turning tossing on the out you all right turning talk then i pray sometimes i go back to sleep and my god just in and out and in and out but my god but look at her today when she came here walking up here by faith that's how she she did for four five months I'm telling you that God showed out in the B household can you say amen I'm not talking about what somebody told me I'm talking about what was in my own house has some keeping faith continual trust in God even though her body was racked with pain my God now go back like you came you know what the moral of the story is? 
you're not going to go back the way you came up. You're going to go back with a new attitude. You're going to go back with a new lease on life. You're going to go back with a blessing. Are y'all hearing me? That's the moral of the soul. Do me a favor while you're on your feet. Walk toward this here altar and walk back. That's how God going to do in your life. You're going to go back a different way. You're going back a different way on tomorrow. You're going back a different way on next week. My God, the way you walked up, the devil said, uh-uh, they'll never be able to make it back. But I will make it back. I'll come forward and I'll make it back to where God is taking me. You better mind. You better hear me in this place. You better hear this little roundhead preacher that God is taking you a different way than what you came for. Hallelujah. You got what we call keeping faith. Get some out of air Say he will keep you. Uh, all you got to do is act on the word. All you got to do is act on the word. Somebody leave me and say, Lord, please, please, please. Give me some keeping faith. I need some action faith. I want to show the world that you're still healed. The last time I checked, Ella, he will keep you in perfect peace. Who's mine? Say it on the Lord. Yes. Y'all sit down, y'all. I'm about to get happy. Keeping faith. I need, I need some keeping faith. When I think about giving up, Lord, keep me. When I think about throwing in the towel, Lord, keep me. When I think about talking down to myself, Lord, keep me. When I lose all hope, <laughs> Lord, keep me. When I don't know the answers, Lord, keep me. You got to have some keeping faith. Just like you had to have, Sister Dorothy, when they false accused you. You had some keeping faith. Your husband had some keeping faith. And before we knowed anything, God released you. You came back a different way than when you first went in. But God had your case already wrapped up. If they hear your testimony, God then gave you double, triple. And when what you had when you first went in, but when you went back, and he's not done yet, he's not done yet blessing you in your household. If you believe it, I want you to give God the praise right where you stand. And if you believe what God did for her, what he did for that family, he'll do the same thing for you. Can you say amen? I gotta have keeping faith. I gotta have some action faith. I looked over there at Minister Jones when they were singing the winning song. He stood up and had his hands in victory, raising his hands because he was almost at the edge of death. But 
God brought him back to life. Uh, can you say amen? Uh, wave your hand over there, Minister Jones, uh, and let them know that you're present here uh, and you're here in living color uh, because you got some action faith uh, and some keeping faith. Uh, while your wife was praying for you uh, and your sister was praying for you uh, and the church was praying for you, uh, God moved. Action faith. Uh, Keep in faith. Shout yes. Look at somebody say, ain't nobody gonna be able to keep me down and steal my testimony. Cause I got a testimony of what the Lord did in my life. Can you shout glory? I'm getting ahead of myself. I feel too good. I feel too good here. All right, all right, y'all be seated. Let me finish this thing. I don't know how. I don't know if I'm being finished. You, we can't go by what the outer share. We can't go by what you look like right now. See, I'm looking at y'all because y'all look mighty fine right now. But I can't go by what I see how y'all look right now. See, that don't tell the whole story. Because God done blessed you so much and restored you and revived you and renewed you. So I can't really tell what you've been through. Huh? But you look better than what you've been through. Huh? See, the enemy wants you to look sad, bad, and mad for what all you... But he didn't know that that gave you even more strength to give God the praise and the glory. How can y'all come out smiling every Sunday with all that y'all done been through? With all that y'all done been faced with? How can y'all come out here raising your hand talking about God done gave you the victory with all that you done been through? Hallelujah. And some of us been through bankruptcy. We done been through a whole lot of things. Lost a house. Lost a car. Lost all these things. We can lose all those things but God will replace, he'll replace all of that stuff. But thank God I still got my soul. It's not what you lose, it's what you gain. I have gained through Christ. Lost that old worldly situation. But I have gained through Christ. I refuse to lose my soul. Are you following me? And so if we're going to have keeping faith, we got that steadfast faith. Say it with me, steadfast. Fiance of a young woman brought her fiance home to meet her parents. And after dinner, her mother told her father to find out about the young man. And so the father invited the fiance to his study for a talk. And so what are your plans, young man? The father asked. He said, I'm a biblical scholar. He replied, a biblical scholar? Hmm. The father said, oh, admirable, but what will you do to provide a nice house for my daughter to live in? He said, I will study. The young man replied, and God will provide. And how will you buy her a beautiful engagement ring such as she deserved? Asked the father. He said, I will concentrate on my studies. The young man replied, God will provide. 
And he said, and children, asked the father, uh, how will you support children? Don't worry, sir. God will provide, replied the fiance. So the conversation proceeded like this. And each time the father questioned, the young idealist insisted God would provide. And so later, the father asked, uh, no, the mother asked, the mother asked, said, well, how, how did it go? How did it go, honey? And the father answered, he has no job and no plans, and he thinks I'm God. <laughs> and so the, the young man was naive, but he was right in thinking that God is the answer to life's questions. But faith without works is dead. Got to have some action behind it. Got to have some steadfast faith. 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and steady. Always enthusiastic about the Lord's work, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. And nothing you do for God that is useless. Everything you do for God counts for something. So when I'm talking about keeping faith, I'm talking about steadfast faith, and I'm talking about strengthening faith. Romans 4 and 20 says, Abraham never waved in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this, he brought glory to God. He began to praise God because he always believed that God would come through. He believed in the promises of God. And then there's something called weakening faith. Romans 14 and 1 says, Except Christians who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. Now, this is some of us because some of y'all are headstrong and since y'all been saved, you think you're all letting a bag of chips. Now, this is for you. Let me read that again. Except the Christians who are weak in faith. Well, you know, they just, I, I just can't put up with them. They just, every time I turn around, I, they just fall off. No, no, he said, Except Christians who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. For instance, one person believes it is all right to eat anything. But another believes, that's us, but another believes who has a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. Vegetable tables. Vegetables. Those who think it is all right to eat anything must not look down on those who won't. And those who won't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do. For God has accepted them. Now, just because you eat a certain thing, you can't make somebody else eat it. That's their choice. You know, my wife, she has changed her diet tremendously. Tremendously. You know, if you would have ever told me that Dr. Veronica B, now, you know, she don't really like a whole lot of pork or nothing like that or, you know, ham or nothing. But if you would have told me that that girl would have gave up bacon, I'd, I'd have said, no, you ain't got that right. Go back. You weren't hearing from God. You got to go back again. 
but she literally has, because when, you know, when we used to go out to eat, she, she would always, you know, I, if I ordered me some bacon, if she had four pieces and I had four pieces, I'm going to come out with at li maybe one or two. Because <laughs> she's literally going to eat two or three of mine, and I'm, I'm going to just eat one. I'm telling you the truth. But she has changed her diet completely. Hallelujah. See, her faith without works is dead. She has actively just participated in her health being nursed back completely. Now watch this. Look like every week they've taken off this medicine, taken off that medicine, taken off another medicine, taken off... Every week. Because they see her health going in the opposite direction, which is a good direction. Now, I'm talking like this. I really didn't, you know, this was not something I planned to talk about. But maybe somebody need this. Because I've learned that every disease is a dis-ease. Dis-ease can be reversed. Yeah. Now wait now. I want you around here a long time. You need to reverse some things in your life. Yeah. Now the other day, you know, she was, um, she hadn't had big in a long time. She said, let me just taste just a little piece of it. She, I just broke off, you know, that little, you might, about that much, you barely can see it. See, and she said, okay, that's good, that's good. Then the other time, I know you ain't breaking me off something like that. But she just wanted to just taste it. But you do, you know this too, is that if you do anything in moderation, you can maintain if you got more output than you have input. So you can eat a couple of bones of ribs if you ain't doing it every day. See, your problem is, is that when you buy the whole rack, you want to heat it all by yourself. You ain't trying to share with nobody. You want nobody to know that you bought it. How many of y'all see folk at the house be hiding food? I know you didn't find my stuff. I know you didn't go in there. I hid it where you couldn't even get it to it. You had to go in there looking for it. I remember Myra when she coming up and you know she liked to eat like a daddy. And uh, so uh, she, you know, she used to, you know, because everything that was in the refrigerator, if it didn't have no name on it, it was left. I just go in there, heat it up, and eat it. How many witnesses I got in here? So she, she said, Daddy, now I'm tired of you eating my stuff. So what she did, she started labeling her stuff in there. I went in there to pick up something. She says, uh, Daddy, do not eat. This is Myra's. <laughs> you remember she did that? <laughs> I couldn't do nothing but laugh. <laughs> How you know it with me in there eating? I know. See, because I grew up, you don't waste food. See, now, you know, my son and my wife, they'll put stuff in there and leave it in. Oh, I forgot to have to throw it out. See, not me. See, not me. Some of y'all just like the first lady in Jerry's. Y'all just leave stuff in there. Oh, I forgot that was in there. 
How many of y'all like Jairus in, in, in First Lady? But now, how many of y'all like me? See, now I'd be, I'd be like, uh-uh. What the date on that? <laughs> Give me that ketchup. <laughs> it, uh-uh, it might be. Like, they just said that's the time that you need to sell it out the store. I know the date over, but we're going to keep that right there. But then what I do, you, you got to run it through the smell test. Do y'all run it through the smell test? Yeah, that smell good to me. That's good to me right there. Y'all let me know when I'm preaching real good now. See, I knew I had some of y'all would like me in here. Amen. But we ain't mad. They say, now nah, listen, the Bible just told us not no judge those other ones that do something different now. So now if they throw it away, that's fine. Hallelujah. But let me just get it before y'all get the throwing stuff out. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's not that I'm cheap or nothing like that. I just don't like to waste food. That's how I grew up, and that's, that just stuck with me. Amen. So don't be mad at me. That's just, you know, just charge it to my parents or somebody. Hallelujah. And then number four is the gift of faith. Say that with me, the gift of faith. Y'all been a good, good audience. Let me run, go on through this. So 1 Corinthians 12 and 9 said the spirit gives special faith to another. That's out of the NLT. So this is a specific anointing for a specific purpose. Is removed from your heart and your mind and will only accept what God is doing regardless of the circumstances around you. Now some of you in here, you don't look like it, but you actually have the gift of faith. Now I know that some of us got saving faith and all some of the other things, but the gift of faith is something different. Are, are y'all hearing me? So the church today need a faith revelation. Say that with me. I need a faith revelation. So Romans 10 and 17, for yet faith comes from listening or hearing through this message of good news or the word of God, the good news about Christ. So that's how faith comes. It's generated through the word of God. Now, before I leave, I want to tell you this and then I can take my seat. There are three ways to ignite your faith. Three ways. How many ways? Three. All right. Let me go up real quick. Matthew 17, 20. He replied, because you have so little faith. I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Lord. So number one, are you ready? Dare to believe bigger. Come on, encourage somebody to tell them, say, dare to believe bigger. Come on, point your finger down the road and say, I, want you, I dare you to believe bigger. Woo! See, some of you, you think too small. You believe too small. And then you're wondering why you don't never get nothing big because your belief is too small. And then you get mad at everybody else that got big belief, big faith. Hallelujah. All right, you don't want nothing in life. The rest of us do. 
Don't you get mad with us. The rest of us want some big things in God. We got some places to go. We got some people to bless. I need some. I don't need more money just to hurry and put it in a bank somewhere. I need money for ministry. I need money to bless folk. I'm saying, don't listen. The love of money is the root of all. I don't need money to love it. I need money to use it. There's a difference, ladies and gentlemen. Anybody else have some use for some more money? Anybody? Let me just let me see you. Anybody got a use for? Anybody got any vision that all they need? If they just had the provision, you'll start working on your vision tomorrow. So don't 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 try to play me in here now. Like, well, now, Devin, you were doing good. Now you done start talking about a little money. Well, you, listen, that's, how, that's, all, that's why you work all the time. You ain't on that job because you just want to be nice to them people. And all them bad customers that come up in there, you ain't in there smiling just to be smiling. Because if they weren't paying you, you will handle them a little bit different. You just, you just don't know. I'm just smiling because I don't want them to fire me. But if they were going, if they wouldn't fire me, I'd take care of you before heaven get the news. I'd get back right with God before heaven get the news. Yeah. How y'all doing? Welcome to Walmart. You're not there because you just want to be nice. You ain't just there because they just love you. No, ma'am, no, sir. So you got to dare to believe bigger. I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to stay where I am right now. Come on, encourage somebody. Tell them, say, don't you stay where you are right now. Tell them, I need you to elevate your faith and dare to believe bigger. Now let's look at the scripture, Matthew 8 and 7. And 7 it said, Jesus said unto him, I will go and heal him. And the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But just say the word and my servant will be healed. Then Jesus said unto the centurion, go. It will be done just as you believe it would. And his servant was healed that very hour. See, you got to have that kind of faith. Lord, you ain't got to come. Just say the word. Just speak the word and I just believe your word and I believe things will turn around in my life. Now you got to ask yourself, what is my need? What are God's specific promises concerning my need? Are I, am I willing to trust the God that will keep, my, keep his promises? I know that God will keep his promises. So I got to dare to believe bigger. If that person next to you is not scared to, to let you say it, tell them, say, we got to believe bigger. <laughs> Ain't no wrong with you believing big. Now, here it is. Now, I'm going to hit you with this one now. Dare to give up something you love. All right. All right. All right. Hebrews 11:17. I knew, I knew I was going to turn a corner then. He said, by faith, Abraham, at the time of testing, offered Isaac back to God. That was a time of testing, right? Everybody's going to have a time of testing. Say that with me, everybody, everybody. include me, me. will have a time of testing. So the Bible said, by faith, Abraham at the time of testing offered Isaac back to God, acting in faith. 
He was as ready to return the promised son as he had been, had been to receive him. And this after he had already been told, your descendants shall come from Isaac. That's from the Mystics Bible. So even God have given you a promise if the testing time comes and God said, give it up. You got to give us something, be willing to give us something you love for the name of Christ. Hallelujah. But God, you promised me this. God said, I want to see how much you love me more than the thing that you, the promise that you received. See, in your life, what things are you clinging to the most? What kind of faith would it take to hand those things over to God? What is it that you got in your life that you just hold it on so tight that you cannot release? Because if God asks for it, you can't give it away. Some people are hanging on things right now. And God cannot use them where he really want to use them because they're holding on that thing more than they're holding on to what God wants to give them. Watch this. Is it your children that you're holding on, clinging on to? You got to give them over to God. Is it your husband you've been wrestling with and trying to get him saved? No, you got to give him over to God. Is it your wife that you've been wrestling with and holding on to? Is it your car? Is it your house you've been holding on? What is it that you've been holding on to that you were, you love so much that you won't give up for God? You got to be willing to give up something that was promised to you to get closer and to go beyond where God wants you to go. And watch this. If God made you the promise and he asked you to give it up, and he give you give it up and he don't replace it and keep that promise that make God a liar. So don't you know if God asks you to give up something, he gonna give you something bigger and better. Because he a God that cannot lie. If he already told you you're gonna be, you're gonna have so many children more than the sand of the sea. My God, how in the world he gonna let your promised child die? The only one you have in order to replenish the earth. It ain't gonna happen. That was a testing season. That was a season of tests. Are you following me? And so, last part. Dare to grow spiritually. Say it with me. I got to grow spiritually. Hebrews 11.31 says, By faith because she believed in God and his power, Rahab the harlot. Now here's a harlot. Did not die with all the others in her city when they refused to obey God. Here's a harlot obeying God. For she gave a friendly welcome to the spies. She was there at the right time, at the right place for God to use her even in her state that she was in. See, people judging you because of what they saw you were. They don't see you what you're going to become. And some folks still holding you to when you grew up with them. 
They don't know what God been doing all through the years, all through the season, from season to season. God been maturing you. He done turned your life around. They still think you that little ruddy boy, that little ruddy girl, or, you know, little snotty old boy, whatever like that. Just, you know, don't know how to tie a shoe. No, 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 no. God done matured me. Are y'all hearing me? And then sometimes it's just good to be in the right place at the right time. Because some people, they may die off of the things that you're going to live from. And don't fool yourself. Some of us have contacted some stuff up in here and had stuff with other people have had, but God has caused us to live from it and other folk dying from it. Now you figure that out. You figure that out. So you got to dare to grow spiritually. In these years to come, in this next year, this next month to come, you ought to dare to grow spiritual. Don't let nobody stop you from growing. Let nobody stop you from coming to church. Let nobody stop you from reading your Bible and getting into prayer. My God, we just started a new prayer even today, first day of the month. Uh-huh. We started it in uh, uh, Numbers and Obadiah and Luke, the two months of that chapter a day. You probably see it go out on Facebook. But I'm telling you, it just you get them chapters, you read a chapter a day, and you get with the program and you start daring to grow your life. We get ready to do discipleship training. You ought to have your nose all up in there. You got listen, you gotta dare to grow. You got you listen, you are responsible for your own growth. Nobody can't make you grow. We can offer you the training, but you we can't make you. You gotta come to the table and eat. And I mean literally, we're going to feed you before we take you into training. <laughs> Amen. At 6 o'clock, we're going to be eating for eight weeks. We're going to be eating food. We're going to come in. We're going to eat. And then we're going into, uh, we're going into uh, discipleship training. I want every member to be here. Seven. Yeah. You mean tell me they're going to feed me for six weeks straight? Yes. Eight weeks. Not six, but eight. Eight weeks straight. They're going to feed me. And then I just, all I got to do is come about. Yes. That's all you got to do. All you got to bring your family, everybody. Amen. Look like food motivate people. And so what did I just say? What did I just say? I'm, I'm going I'm to quit because I know I haven't had you too long. So you got to dare to believe bigger. You got to dare to give up something you love. And you got to dare to grow spiritually. Remember now, faith is not a feeling or an emotion. Faith is the foundation of our relationship with God. And this is the beginning of our series. So this is the first one. I had to kind of lay the foundation. It gets bigger and it gets better. It is the foundation of our relationship with God. So what am I saying? You've got to have faith. In order to be saved, you've got to have faith. got to have what? Saving faith. Right? And then number two, you've got to have what? Action faith. And number three? Keeping faith. Y'all got those down? And then there's some of us that have the gift of faith. Amen? So if you're going to go anywhere upward, you must have faith. Come on, put your hands together. Let's give God praise. I'm done. Everybody's standing on their feet. showed out today over here. I hope that you got something out of the lesson today.
Please, God, give us steadfast faith, faith that will not give up. Give us that strengthening faith. Don't let us get so down that we feel that we just got to give up and give up. And then, God, let us remember not to badger those that are weak in faith. Let us work with each other. Amen. Let us work with each other. So today we're going to dare to believe bigger. We're going to ask God to help us not to put anything above him. What is it, God, that we need to give up to show that we love you? We want to grow from where we are now. What a better time. What's, what a better time. No better time than now to grow in the spirit. To grow in God. This faith thing has really motivated me to do greater things. And I'm looking at people right now that you are not going back the same way you came forward. You're going back a different way. You know how I feel? I really feel this. Those of you that had kind of like had your head down, you know, for this last couple of weeks or so. After this service, I believe your head has lifted. I believe God has lifted your spirit. I believe that you can go on a few more rounds. Maybe God gave you the standing eight count. The number eight, new beginning. Gave you the standing eight count. And so today is a fresh new day. I want you to go home and be happy. I want you to be chipper around the house. I want you to start doing stuff people don't even have to ask you to do it. Clean your room, nobody asks you. Wash the dishes, nobody asks you. Are y'all hearing me? Pick up your dirty clothes, nobody had to tell you to do it. Huh? Put your wigs on the, on the, on the thing and not have them all over the house. Put, put them on the little mannequin thing. Hallelujah. People walk in the room to get scared. Thoughts. Put the thing on the little mannequin thing and hallelujah. I'm telling you, go do something nobody have to ask you to do. Be nice and nobody have to tell you to be nice. Be sweet, nobody have to tell you to be sweet. Be lovable and loving, nobody have to tell you to do it. Amen. I'm just going to change my whole demeanor about myself. I'm going to love like I've never been hurt. Amen. Now God can change you now. God can. Now, isn't that the truth? Want to change you first later. God can change. He changed me. And if he changed me, I know he can change you. Amen. And then you got to love. Because you can't get in without loving. Amen. You got to love me. You may not like me, but you got to love me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, y'all are so, y'all are just so wonderful. I, I See, I can take this audience right here anywhere I go. Hallelujah, because y'all are just such a good audience. Amen. And y'all might be fooling me now, but you act like you really love Jesus. I'm, I'm telling you, you act like you really love Jesus. And, and me too, I love him. 